You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, it's Danny, and of course, I'm joined again by Riley. And today we are having the pleasure of interviewing an American couple who's living currently in New Zealand, and they've recently dove into slutinots, slut. I'm probably going to butcher that the entire episode. But So a little bit of background about them. Libby is a naturopath who's interested in how we can liberate our true selves, play more, and experience life the most fun way possible. She loves exploring the intersection of spirituality and sexuality, and her deepest desire is to support people in healing through pleasure. She seeks to empower others in getting curious about enjoying the experience of having a body and hopes to bring the soulful to the slutty one day at a time. Then we also have Greg, who has a doctorate in psychology and often guest stars with Libby to provide a more masculine perspective on relationships and sexuality. He's an advocate for deep presence and intimacy, holding space for people to revel in the interplay between safety and exploration of personal boundaries. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Yeah, hi. So good to have you guys. <laughs> what up? So nice to be here. <laughs> so, first, the obvious question How long have you two been together for? Nearly 10 years. Holy shit. That's a long time. <laughs> I don't think I've done anything for two years. I don't like, even like friends that long. Uh, <laughs> um, and as I said in the intro, you don't refer to your situation as polyamory, correct? You call it. Slut. No, I'm gonna let you say it. More extracurricular activities, I think, is what Libby called. Extracurricular. Sex. What the hell? For a dyslexic person, this is really difficult for me. Yeah, yeah. I have like. It's probably not so good. Um, I. I think that it's really has been really confronting for me to figure out how to define myself by an activity that I'm doing. And so I have been reading lately a lot about Foucault and queer theory and just the idea that you don't have to define yourself by activities that you do because you can change in the next 30 seconds as a person and then you can change three minutes later. So it's really this idea of like you just do whatever you feel in that moment and it doesn't have to be who you are. So, yeah, I would say that we haven't like, define ourselves by what we're doing right now um i'm not really that keen to define myself in general um because i just want to like see what unfolds i guess which is very airy fairy but um yeah that's how i feel no um, no that's awesome actively in like the kind of young swimmers community around here so that's kind of the closest thing that i think you would probably the closest bucket you put us in if you were going to put us in a bucket so quite distinct from polygamy, I think, um, but is definitely in that category of non-monogamy, consensual non-monogamy. Okay, yeah, awesome. Uh, so how did you guys kind of journey into, into I guess, doing that together? We, like, much early on in our relationship have had quite a few threesomes and stuff like that. Um but basically, this new, this is actually kind of funny, um, this new Slatazons that I am calling it um, actually kind of all started with me buying a crop top. <laughs> it <laughs> always does. Was, like the gateway drug of sex, like no joke. Um, so <laughs> I was like, kind of like 
heal myself. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I just gave myself permission to, like, be hot for no reason, I guess, which was really fun. Um, and then Greg had been researching and found um, the there's a club here um, called CCK and found like a young swingers event and um, was interested in going and I wasn't that keen to go. Um, I kind of was like not really into watching, not really into being watched, don't have a problem with it, just not really a thing that drives me at all. Um, But I thought like as a person who advises other people on sexual expression, shouldn't I go to that? Shouldn't I experience that? Um, isn't it a life experience to have? So I went under the guise of, oh, this is like a thing that I'm doing a social experiment. The yeah. most experience yeah. at the club was homework, pretty much. For yeah. educational yeah. purposes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you write it off then? <laughs> um, so do you share, You your two are married, correct? Do you share with people outside your relationship or outside of like your bedroom um, the dynamic of your marriage? Uh, absolutely. I think um, we interact with couples outside just the, the club. You kind of meet people there, and if there's uh, a bit of a vibe of kind of friendship or you'd like to kind of, I don't know, the, the vibe at the club is very much a group atmosphere, whereas I think that. The, the two of us kind of like a little bit more intimacy with our partners mm-hmm. and so yeah absolutely I mean you you hang out all day with some people sometimes and there's absolutely dynamics of your partnership uh, that come into play and, and of their partnerships mm-hmm. are you meaning more so do we talk to people our friends and stuff about what we're up to yeah Greg yeah, love your answer but <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> but yeah, yeah Libby uh, yeah head on I was just uh no, yes, exactly. Um, if Did you ever tell your family, hey, we're going to start exploring this? Do your friends that aren't involved in um, a similar situation, do they know? And when you did approach them on this, if you did, how has their reaction been? Because I think, um, in and for lack of a better term, um, polyamory, which I think people will mentally associate with what you're doing, um, whether that's incorrect or not, um, I think, unfortunately, still as liberal as we think Vancouver is, here people still look at it as in kind of almost a, like look a little down their nose at it sometimes or they think some kind of negative connotation with it. Um, so just like us coming out as sex workers, we get a lot of backlash. Oh my God. <laughs> Riley's a virgin. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Never in my life. <laughs> I've never seen a penis. Um, people really, there's a lot of stigma that came with it and a lot of um, negative remarks, whether they said it to us or we heard about it indirectly. Uh, so am I correct in assuming that maybe that's something you've dealt with or how did people respond when you kind of, in for lack of better terms, came out about it? Well, the current thing that we're like experiencing and exploring is really new. It's been since the end of November. So it's really not been very long. Um, in terms of, like, defining things and the word polyamory, I'm not, like, opposed to that word at all. I am aware that some other people who practice polyamory in a more, um, not intense, but in a more, like, full experience way might not appreciate us calling what we're doing polyamory. But I'm not really sure. It's just kind of a conceptualization about that I have. 
Here's to doing stuff in another country <laughs> under the radar. <laughs> like traveling, another gateway. Yeah. Um, um, my family is really religious, so um, <laughs> I imagine like many things that I'm up to in my family would be pretty be confronting. Um, I actually just came out to my parents this year as not straight, um, and I don't even have a word for it. I just was like, I guess I should let you know that I'm not straight. Um, so I did come out about that to my parents, um, and they really handled that well. Okay, They good. just said um, to me, like, it is not our job to make your decisions. It's just our job to love you. So they were really good about that, considering to seriously religious people. Um, but I guess I feel more so not like I'm hiding anything, just I'm not sure how relevant all the details of my life are to everyone in my life. Um, and I am aware as well that people who are not as comfortable with this type of stuff, it actually puts a burden on them in your relationship to share something with them like that mm-hmm. and to try and process that. And that may or may not be something that I'm willing to ask of people at any given time. So I think we have run into people that, um, don't know that we probably wouldn't tell um, with people that we hang out with in the sexy context and we haven't had any desire to hide it but it's a different thing to call my parents and be like hi <laughs> just so you know <laughs> just so you know I was hanging out with um, a different penis than my baby penis <laughs> yesterday <laughs> it's a slightly different yeah um, like New Zealand is such a small place uh, that you see people that you know or you do have people in your community that you interact with every day as a couple like this was just an experience yesterday like people who go who work at the food truck that we go to all the time uh, we were there with our, our friends yesterday and we're you know being quite cuddly with them and stuff and you kind of wonder how much they look at you askance and be like what's going on here but you know your partner's right there as well and if they want to come up to you and ask you about it they can but no one really has yet mm-hmm yeah, how would you ask about that, I think? Uh, so, um, what? <laughs> what goes where? <laughs> for the day someone comes up to Libby and is like, did you know that Greg was, like, making out with this other girl around? <laughs> and I'll be like, this one? <laughs> She's my favorite. Yeah, Jessica, yeah. we love her. Slash <laughs> babe. <laughs> yeah. um, we were hanging out with some friends yesterday um and the guy and I were walking behind Greg and the lady and just like thought they were so cute and took a bunch of like paparazzi (laughs) (laughs) so I think that's like a really 
that's one thing that's super interesting to me, having gone to the club initially, which probably is like a more high-intensity environment than mm-hmm. anything else that um, we do normally. It's The interesting part about it is that it is weird how not weird it is. So you're kind of like, oh, this is a bit weird, but actually it's also totally normal. It's really strange that we as humans have this whole like behavior that's so much a part of our experiences and our definition of ourselves that we only do behind closed doors. It's kind of mm-hmm. strange when you think about it. Um, yeah, and it's also really strange. It's always been strange for me when people have a partner and they act. I know sometimes you don't see people as much when you're with your partner because you're just really into them. But I have had people say to me lots like, oh, you notice other attractive people. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not blind. Like I picked to be with this person because I really like them, not because I don't see other sexy humans. Yeah. So I think it's totally natural to be like, yeah, like actually have a great time with that person. That's awesome. Yeah, so you guys uh, mentioned that you are seeing another couple or playing with another couple. Do you feel like that's made your relationship uh, with each other stronger? And um, what have been kind of the best parts about that? Yes. Yeah, certainly has made our relationship different in a way I could have personally never imagined. Uh, it was already strong, and I think that's really important to say, is that before you kind of venture into this, these kinds of areas of sexuality um you've got to really be secure with your partner in the first place you shouldn't be doing it because you're bored or you shouldn't be doing it to try to spice things up um well you can but there's going to be a lot more um stuff to deal with yeah i guess if you talk a lot and you have really good open communication that you can navigate those kinds of things but yeah so whether it brought us closer together it just gave us more things to talk about in a collaborative way together and more more fun schemes you know you debrief after every time you hang out with um people and say oh my god we did this with so and so and um you know uh, we had this kind of you have a lot of intimate uh, conversations with people um if you're interacting alone in a different range something like that and so that's quite interesting to then share that with your um your, your main valentine and yeah. <laughs> yeah um how and i mean you can answer this to whatever degree you feel comfortable with but what does, like, playing with a couple look like? Like, are you always uh, double, like, doubled up? Or, and are you always, um, you know, Greg with the female, yourself maybe with the male? Do you guys do things individually as, like, Greg goes off with the couple and then Libby goes off? Like, does that make sense? Like, what is the actual dynamic of that? And, like, how much of a um, level of connection do you have with them? Is it like physical and dates or are there like morning texts like I miss you like how much do you really dive into that that's that's different for everyone obviously um and we're new to this so I'll, I'll maybe start answering the question and and then uh pass it over to Libby but it started way differently we had a lot more boundaries um and and when you first get into this stuff everyone has preconceptions about what it's going to be like um, the way you're going to feel seeing your partner kissing another person or giving another, like, I had this weird, weird perception that I was going to be way happier seeing Libby giving someone else a blowjob than kissing them. And, like, when the actual situation kind of occurred, both were fine, but one was certainly more confronting at first. Um, so, in terms of those rules about do you pair off all the time or do you only interact with one person or another, it, it, uh, the only kind of 
real boundaries that have stuck around for us personally are um, over electronic communication. There is no really private communication channels with other partners. Um, it's all through group chat or if someone's replying to someone's story on Instagram or something like that, then it's like a quick, hey, you look hot or something, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Um, We've had like little one-off conversations on the side with people about different things, but we kind of just didn't say like, I'll get to the group chat to kind of keep the cohesion. People have different approaches about that. Um, I just think that's... I don't know. We've actually discussed whether or not that's useful for us this week, but that has so far been our perspective. Um, In terms of, like, how um, sexual interactions go, it's really different. Like, I think we have some friends that we typically just hang out in, like, a swapping dynamic, if you will, Um, but we have, like, had an experience all together, and that was really fun. Um, I suppose you're not... I suppose I'm not always into the other woman. Um, so that guides, like, or I guess the mood sometimes guides as well. Um, because when you hang, when you make a time to hang out with people, you don't know what your mood is going to be like. So you might feel like you want to have this, like, crazy experience, lots of kinky stuff or something, and then actually someone's tired um, and they just kind of want to be more cuddly. So it really depends on people's mood. Um, and just depends on like what the dynamics are between the people in the group. Um, we have other friends we hang out with where, um, we haven't really interacted all as a group at all. It's just been more like partners pairing off. Um, but we, uh, we are friends with the other people. Like we, we like them a lot. Um, so both of the women that we hang out with the most, I am quite good friends with and talk to quite a lot. Awesome. But in a club situation, it tends to be a bit more of a pile. <laughs> <laughs> Just one big pile up. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, very cool. Um, so what have been kind of the most uh, challenging parts of uh, of exploring this together? I've got a story. So we have uh, one couple who we're still really close to who we kind of refer to as the starter Pokemon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because and it's, it's definitely out of endearment. Um, we like them a lot. Yeah. So no, dearly. Um, but yeah, it's because uh, you know they, they're just very conscious, gentle people who I think really like to guide people through their first kind of swapping interactions yeah they've been a lot of people's first date like a lot of different people that we've met they've been like oh yeah those people they were our first date <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so they anyway so we were with them and it was kind of i think it was the second time really that we had ever um had them over kind of for a, a, a swap kind of scenario and i remember i was interacting with the, the woman and we were just kind of transitioning between like positions and stuff and i was standing for some reason and at that point in time, it was still a little bit confronting and distracting to interact with someone uh, while my wife was having sex with someone else right next to me. Like it's, I'm, I am behaviorally conditioned to orgasm when I hear my wife moaning, like she's orgasming, right? So I'm, I'm like, wait, 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 stop! The <laughs> like, coming. Can't grab the dog, but coming. So, um, so I was like, I just attention capture looked over right at the moment when the guy 
was for the first time coming on her chest. And <laughs> I like watched that moment. And it was still during the time when new, a lot of new things were somewhat confronting. Nothing really threw me for a loop, but that was definitely like a moment of like, oh, what's going on here? And we, had, we didn't really discuss beforehand whether that was going to happen, but also it wasn't a boundary that we knew we were going to have to navigate. So anyway, but, but luckily, because these people are such good starter Pokemon, the woman that I was with like kind of noticed that I was like, pausing for half a second, and she like grabs my attention and goes, you want to come on my tips? And I was like, yes, please. My Yeah, so she, she was really good, and I thank her a lot for kind of that um, being present enough in the moment yeah. uh, to, to recognize that sometimes things are challenging for people. Um, and it doesn't have to mean everybody has to stop or everybody has to have a whinge about it, but um, just means, you know, that person needs a little bit of support at that point in time. Yeah, so what do you guys do when you get to a point like that that's challenging? Talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk about it later. I think we always talk about everything later. Um, it's mostly like, oh, this happened and it was really cute. And guess what this person said? And I personally love it when people talk about their partner to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really lovely. So I really enjoy hearing people speak about um, why they love their chosen life partner, chosen life person. I really like that. Um so a lot of our discussion is just like, oh, this was so cute or this was really fun or, ooh, I really enjoyed that. Um, but it can also be like, hey, what like, what was up? What were you thinking about? Um, I haven't been super challenged by anything that's gone on with you because I don't have a tendency to be jealous that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. I want what I want. So if I feel like I haven't gotten enough of Greg's attention or something, I would say, hey, I want that. Mm-hmm. But I don't tend to have a like attachment of any of those feelings to anybody else. Yeah. I just don't, don't seem to mind that at all. You had years of practice in our relationship too, where I was like, we were exploring kind of threesomes and flirting with women and stuff like that and sharing photographs back and forth. But men being introduced into the dynamic was new since we started doing swinging. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I suppose my things that I wanted to talk about have been um, more like, oh, was that too much that I said to that person? Or do you think that this went well? Or did it seem like they were not, maybe that some, something wasn't great for them? So those have been like um, my things that I'm interested in. Um, because I guess you don't know what people are looking for. Um, it's, it's like normal dating, I guess. You don't know if people are just like, oh, I'd like to hang out with you for like a three-hour period and have sex and then goodbye. <laughs> or three hours. Oh my God. <laughs> three hours. <laughs> yeah. Did they leave a tip? Yeah, I was going to say, this is the difference between people that get paid. It's like you got 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes you don't want to hang with that person that long. Um, not that you don't like them, but sometimes it's just not what you're in the mood for or whatever you have a different level of attraction or um like resonance with different people um and also yeah and you don't know the extent to which like I really like having deep juicy discussions but people may or may not be in for that mm-hmm. and how do you navigate that and how do you know and she's so hilarious that the, the difference in conversations that happen is everyone has sex they you know there's downtimes and there's cuddling and you hear across the room the conversations that she's having with her partners, like these really intense, like controversial political conversations, or talking. You know, she's. I'm like talking to people about. I'm talking to people. I'm like, don't you think that that might be a bit transphobic? That you just seem like <laughs> we'll explore that. Like, 
<laughs> How was your upbringing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> I found a new sticker on you. <laughs> so when you're saying that it's like across the room, are all your sexual interactions like in the same like proximity of each other? Or do you like, would Libby, would you go meet with a guy like one night by yourself? We haven't done that so far. Um, we've hung out together, like, in a foursome. Our apartment is just such that, like, even if someone's in the bedroom and someone's in the living room, it's still really close proximity. Um, and, yeah, I guess, like, another place where we've hung out with people, they have, like, a downstairs, but it's still, like, open. Mm-hmm. So whether or not you're in the same physical space, there is, like, that openness to the space. Um, we often sort of start on our couch if we're in our house which is like almost a queen size bed and then you kind of like it's a break yeah, off couch bed um, is always a bed we just leave it out as a bed all the time because we really like cuddling um but we haven't haven't done anything on our own separate to each other like we've been with people that we're hanging out with and someone goes to the grocery store or someone goes to get food mm-hmm. or something like that but we haven't been like i'm going on a date independently um However, meeting people who do identify as poly, um, who don't come with a partner um, to the equation, has sort of introduced uh, conversations between both of us about, you know, what if these two other people want to have a threesome or, and are, you know, only into men or are only into women or whatever, um, or what if you're out of town and we know and trust these people and then what would happen, you know, so we have talked about it and we're kind of have yet to be kind of put in that situation where we have to make a call about it but it's not a definite no the actual situation of someone having like a sexual interaction with someone else when one of us isn't present I don't think is confronting for either of us I think it's what we figure might happen afterwards in terms of like communicating with someone because if I've been close to someone I just want to be so respectful of them that's just my I guess paradigm. I just don't want to have any experience where I like I'm close to someone and then don't leave feeling like, hey, like we've still had a chat and we're still friends and it's still cool. Mm. Um, and I also am demisexual, <laughs> um, so I don't really want to be sexual with someone. I don't find that drive in myself until I'm a bit closer to them, which is weird <laughs> to navigate. Um, it's kind of an interesting place. Yeah. Yeah. Then. That's probably part of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you navigate being um, a demisexual and such a? Uh, sorry, and also, can you just define what demisexual is, just for people who might not know? And how do yeah, you? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, my understanding of that, like my experience, is that I don't lead with sexual desire in my experiences with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know different people have different ways of experiencing this. If I see someone who's a stranger, I can identify that they're hot. But when I'm getting to know someone and talking to someone, I sort of interact with them as a person not with sexuality present most of the time. And then once I get to know someone a little better, it's like my self settles down and I go, ooh, hey, I like someone. But it's, yeah, it's interesting to navigate when I'm very first meeting people because I'm like, I don't actually know if I like you. (laughs) Like, I'm enjoying talking to you and you seem attractive, but I'm not sure if I have a vibe with you until a bit later, which is interesting to navigate for sure. So I'm like, ooh, you're cute, but not sure if I'm going to be into you. I guess we'll have to wait. (laughs) So how do you navigate that in such a, I guess, 
uh, sexually confronting place, like a pile-up. And yeah, <laughs> and kind of time as well. Yeah, um, well, I guess for me, because I'm also training to be a trauma resolution therapist, so I'm really interested in what is my experience of my body's fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, and freeze often looks like befriend or fawn, if you guys have heard that. So that's like that people-pleasing thing. When people feel like they're threatened, they really just want to make nice with everyone. So the situation is less heightened. Um, so I really try to navigate that space between am I okay with this and am I just going along with this? Um, because there's a lot of things I'm okay with. Like I'm really happy to be cuddled. I'm really happy to touch people. mostly really happy to kiss people and stuff. Um, so I just have to be present with myself and be like, is this actually something that I don't want to move into this now with this person? And how do I navigate that? Um, and I've had some really good experiences, some really healing experiences for my boundaries because often people ask, well, they hopefully they ask. I haven't experienced anyone not asking myself, but if they like go to touch your breast or if they go to touch your pussy, then they'll say, is this okay? Or can I take off your bra? Is that okay? And I've just said, oh, not now. Um, and they've just redirected their attention. Or a friend of mine gave me really good advice because we were talking about, what if someone comes up and is touching you and you're like, nah. <laughs> and she said she puts their hands back on them and says, I would really love it if you watched. Which I just thought was amazing. Um, it's not necessarily true because I don't really love being watched. It's fine for me. I don't love it. But it's a really good redirect that doesn't shut down that person and also allows you to have your sovereignty of your experience and your body being touched by only someone who you're choosing to be touched by. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, so when we knew that we were going to be uh, speaking with the two of you, we put it out on well, my Instagrams. Um because Riley is sorely lacking <laughs> her Instagram activity. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> it's a work in progress. But um, I put it out there using the term polyamory um, because I hadn't discussed with you yet the terminology used. So bear with me. It will be polyamory kind of as the umbrella term that um, we use with the questions. And put it out there saying, you know, um, any, any questions regarding uh, polyamory. So I might just uh, throw some of those at you of course with the disclaimer of you can only speak on on your own experience right so um, I'm sure the listeners are smart enough to get that that you don't have kind of the be-all end-all of every couple in the situation yeah we gotta put the disclaimer now because people come at us like if you look at the roots of the world word it just means multiple loves right so it does apply in that way exactly for sure Okay, so the first question was, how do you approach the topic of polyamory with your partner? How do we approach it? Oh, this is, like, the seeds of this are so old, because I basically arrived in New Zealand. So um, I lived in California, and Greg lived in New Zealand for the first year and a half of our relationship. So we were doing a lot of Skype sex. (laughs) Um, So I guess... And I always had this feeling that I really just wanted to make your dreams come true and, like, help you experience your fantasies. And he had mentioned that that threesomes were a fantasy of his. So I basically arrived in New Zealand and was like, let's do the show. (laughs) Um, And then he was like, I'm going to marry you. (laughs) I'm going to marry now. That's really quite old, that conversation. Um, But I guess, like, we have always broached sexual um, desire and sexual experiences and 
intimacy, intimacy with other humans from the perspective of we keep ourselves safe first. We're very like protective of our relationship and our love with one another. Um, but how can we have the best and fullest expression and exploration keeping ourselves really safe? And I'm about novelty, so that's something that's attractive. Yeah, the, I think, yeah, as Libby said, not being completely monogamous has been a thing in our relationship since it started, pretty much. However, uh, introducing the new element of other couples and other men has been a new thing. Um, and I'm not the only one with this experience where it was kind of my idea to jump into the, the club scene. Um, man's idea to open a relationship? Man's idea to have multiple women? What? That must be just a thing in New Zealand. Oh, no, no. But think about it. I was getting a pretty good deal where they're just, I mean, because I'm, I am, like, I've been, I've had a thousand opportunities to test this. I'm pretty ahead of it. Um, I'm, like, slightly disappointed. There's those big dicks everywhere around and good looking dudes, but I just like, don't want to touch one. He's like, I really, I tried. I'm like, I just respect you, but. Yeah, he actually gets like a lot of people think he's gay when they meet him, which I don't get. Like, it's fine with me, but I'm like, why? Oh, yeah, those friends that I was by didn't even question that I may or may not be. Anyway. I think that's nice. He must just have open minds. Yeah, and yeah. I slip into the, the accent sometimes too. <laughs> feeling like I need to, I don't know, be less masculine. Be sassy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I was saying, oh yeah, so I was getting a pretty good deal, only, you know, women kind of being introduced into the relationship, but there was the element of curiosity, and there was, it was a fantasy kind of to see Libby with someone else, um, but again, I didn't know at all what that would be like in real life, my, I was thinking I would have a better time watching her give a blowjob, but, which actually now is really fun to watch, but, um, so that took a lot of, you know, the idea was broached, we was open to the idea, but we definitely were like, okay, we, as you said, we had to safeguard our relationship, and we went to the club the first time being like, we're just going to see what it's like and watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and ended up touching her first penis in like eight years besides mine, so. And now she's, hey, I'm not the only one with this experience, is like, it was my idea, but when we came out of the club, she was the one texting people like, hey, do you want to hang out next week? Like, yeah. she's, uh, yeah. Are definitely our social calendar driver. Yeah, um, and that's there's definitely more than one couple that we know where that's the thing where the woman is like, ooh, okay, this is actually fun. <laughs> Just hit the ground running with it. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, I read a really fabulous book called Untrue, which is about the nature of female lust and infidelity. And the research that they spoke about in that book says that actually women are much more likely to ask to open up their marriage or their relationship. Um, which is totally counterintuitive for me, but it makes sense when you think about it because I, well, it makes sense to me because I feel like um, women have a lot more intimate relationships often in general, and that's mm-hmm. probably just due to our like enculturated patriarchal values, but I feel like we're more available for intimacy and closeness in any setting, and so it makes sense to me that women would be like, hey, like I can have some more of that, even when it applies to sex, but. I think women can often have, tend to have closer, more intimate friendships, which is kind of sad. I hope that everyone has really wonderful, close, intimate friendships. Yeah, guys, tell your friends you love them. (laughs)
Grab their dicks. <laughs> Jerk them off. <laughs> it's not yes. safe. It's a bro job. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, seriously. Your I girlfriend's watching. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, you know you know full well about birthday boots, the concept. I think that that should be uh, you know proliferated throughout the world. When it's your birthday, when it's your friend's birthday, you should you know you if could. you feel comfortable, ask if, if they're comfortable receiving you know a consensual pick of your booty or a pick of your boots. You know? and yeah, it, it really is something special to share with someone to kind of know them in that way. You know. Yeah. They're just bodies, but they're fun to look at anyway. I loved hype men, my friends. I have a couple of friends who we do male, uh, nudes not for the male gaze. So the idea is, like, it's not about sexuality. It's about empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you send nudes. Like, a lot of my friends will be like, hey, like, film myself today and send pictures. And I think that's a really, like, wonderful way to, to explore that in a safer way for people who aren't super comfortable. But... Now I'm like, yeah, like, send me a pic of you if you're looking hot. I'm feeling it. I'm here to hype met you. I'm here to be like, yes, just a slay. Yeah, we actually have a little group chat as well where we send uh, sexy photos or, like, getting ready for work. And, yeah, it's nice to share that with your with some girlfriends. Or Sometimes we just friends. send pictures of our revolvers and yeah. something's going on. <laughs> Can somebody check yourself, I have please? A, I have a bump here. Is that normal? <laughs> Um, so the next question was how can my partner and I have a threesome and it not mess up our relationship so I didn't obviously write this question in but for myself I um, have a somewhat one-sided open relationship um, due to the nature of my work and the kind of the way it's gone with my partner is that he's okay with it because he can justify it in his head as like, this is work for her. It's not, you know, um, necessarily her desire or it's a money making thing. It's very work and our personal life's personal. I think if it were to cross into me going into actual dates and actual, my own interest in someone and not just money, um, that would bother him. But uh, for me, I, I masturbate to the concept of my partner being with people. I'll picture, like, him, you know, fucking as a hot girl. Because I'm bisexual, so if I see a hot girl, I'll picture my boyfriend fucking her, and that gets me off. But I think the actual act of it, like, I think it's a nice theory. And it's nice <laughs> to think that I wouldn't be a psycho. But I know, I know I'm pretty fucking psycho. <laughs> so. comes the crazy. Like, and I'd be like, this is hot. And then slowly I'd be, like, grabbing my, like, knife. Like, <laughs> and now you're dead. <laughs> um, so how do you... Do you think it's just naturally like some people are more comfortable and that's just who you are? Or do you think you can kind of train yourself to be more comfortable with your partner exploring? Both. I think both of those things. Um, I think we can always become more comfortable with things. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's like, as I was saying before, it's actually just surprising. It's weird how not weird it is when you do it. Um, But I think... We have in our, I don't know what part of this, what part of society this comes from, but we have this thing that we're really not comfortable with messy emotions and you have to say things that are super awkward and it's really uncomfortable. Um, So you just have to be okay with saying things that are probably embarrassing and probably don't feel so good um, if you're going to explore that. That's a really useful thing. Um, Absolutely need to speak up for your needs, even in... Yeah, threesomes are hard uh, because it's an odd number. Mm-hmm. Um, that's only something that I kind of recently come to the conclusion of is 
three. Even if you have been close to three is not the person to people, you're having three sums of it. Uh, or, or five sums or mm-hmm. seven sums or whatever. There's always that extra person who is either giving extra attention to one person or not being given any attention to for even a couple seconds or something like that. And it, yeah, like I've had threesomes with Libby and other partners like earlier in our relationship where I felt left out. Like these two are really, you know, into each other and stuff. And, and one of our partners was very much like uh, kind of territorial over Libby and stuff. And so like, I've personally felt left out for threesomes. So they are tough. I want to acknowledge that. But does it have to necessarily ruin your relationship? No, I think uh, speaking up for your needs in a gentle, non-confrontational, blaming sort of way is is one way to avoid that. Um, being okay for something to not have gone ideal, uh, and and that doesn't mean that it's changed foundationally your relationship forever. If if you had an experience that maybe you don't want to have again, you don't want to try again. That's okay. You still like each other. Um, yeah. I know a lot of girlfriends who have horror stories about a threesome that they had. Um, either like they knew a, a couple who asked them to be in a threesome, or they were in a couple and asked someone else to join their couple to have a threesome. Um, and people just project a lot. So if they have like a, an experience that isn't good, they then have this idea like my friend's trying to steal my husband, and it's just not great like I would really from what I've heard I would really encourage people to not have a threesome with their best friend or someone they know like find someone else who you are not going to have to confront that in every aspect of your relationship constantly because I know so many people that I've talked to who've said like I'm not friends with this person anymore because this um and I don't I think that they weren't able to talk about that or they couldn't conceptualize that that didn't mean anything, probably, because I don't, I don't know anyone who's been like, oh, I'm going to have a threesome with this person and steal that man. Like, I've, I haven't heard that. Yeah, the problem didn't stem from the threesome in the first place, really. If the person was going to steal the person, they were going to do it. Yeah. Only sex workers yeah. are like that. Yeah. And we don't even want the guy yeah. who just want the money. We just want the money. Yeah. <laughs> Trade you. <laughs> you can keep him. I just want his bank account. Uh, no, I've, I've had many threesomes before. And I think the reasons I'm bragging. <laughs> like, a fucking lot. I'm really good at them. <laughs> and um, But I've always had them where I really didn't give two fucks about the guy. And they've been with, like, my good girlfriends. Um, so, yeah, I don't know I don't how... I you were fucking the guy. Pardon me? <laughs> so you did give two fucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> gave all the fucks. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, no, and then it was fine because there was just literally no emotion involved. I think for myself personally, um, I think if I involved that emotion, like it was with my partner... And I cared a lot of, in a romantic sense with about one person in the threesome. I think I would get in my head a lot. And it's nothing to do with the actual act or the third party. I think it would just be my own insecurities. Like, how do I measure up to this person that's now come into the picture? Am I getting compared? Um, you know, is he thinking about her now in our next encounter together? Um, I think that would just be like, it would be on me. And I think exactly like what Libby said, I think I would have trouble not projecting that onto the other people involved even though it's really no reflection of them at all. Mm. 
Yeah, I've uh, I've had two threesomes. One was uh, what are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I haven't had any easier. <laughs> no, I've had two. One where um, it was definitely my idea, and it was uh, with a really good girlfriend of mine. And I Sound was really like, rapey. "What?" Sound really rapey. It was really my idea. I forced, forced myself on all of them. <laughs> I got two people in a room. I just locked, I locked the, door. the door. No one's leaving here until I touch everyone. No, no. It was, a, it was a good friend of mine, and I was like, this is something that I really want to do. This is on my bucket list, and I think like I found a guy that would be willing. <laughs> Someone will touch me. <laughs> I just went through her bumble today, so this is valid. Her... <laughs> So Slim pickings. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can just random select like any person in your phone and call them, and they'd be like, "Uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks, guys." <laughs> no, now she's gonna call me, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was really great, and I think it it helped for me to like be in control of that situation. Kind of choose. I chose the time. I chose the place. I chose the people. And then the other one that I um, was involved with, it was a friend of mine from work, and she was it was her partner or, or play partner or whatever they were doing. And she was like, yeah, this is something that I really wanted to do. And I was like, well, I'll do it with you. And um, I just kind of talked with her through, like, how she wanted to – how the sandwich wanted to go, you know, like if it was both of us on him or um, both the, me and the guy on her – and just talked about that, and then kind of when things were wrapping up, I just, like, dipped out, let them cuddle, gave them both a glass of water, called my girl to cab and feasted. <laughs> I was like, uh, hey, bye. That's very considerate. Like, okay, you guys have your cuddle time now. Goodbye. Yeah, and I just kind of dipped. Yeah. But, yeah, so if you're interested in unicorning, definitely talk to probably the girl. I mean, Greg, I know that you said um, guys can also feel left out, but I feel like that's more – the tendency is more with the woman, so – if you are interested in unicorning, just kind of talk it out with the girl, how she sees it happening for her or what would make her feel comfortable. And even have like a safe word if, you know, they're getting uncomfortable to just say something and then you can just remove yourself or whatever. But you also have to be in a place that you would be comfortable being like, okay, well, bye. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely how I've gone about it. Um well, mine's different because it's not really, like, a personal thing. And there's just but, so many of them. But. And honestly, it's just every day. But, like, um, where it's like, hey, like, you're going to be the fluffer and I'm going to be the fucker. Like, and we, like, kind of, like, negotiate that. Like, I don't really want, like, I'm on my period. Can you yeah. ride to that this time? And I'll just jerk them off. <laughs> you know, like, you know, that kind of, like. And also, too, I find that way is just a lot smoother mm-hmm. than, like, are you are you going to get, oh, am I going to get, oh, you're going to get on. Oh, you ride the dick. Okay, then I'll ride the dick. And then you're going to ride the dick again. And then, and then you're going to come into your mouth or my mouth like it's just like you know like it's just easier to have like argue and I'm, I'm also very type a and ocd and very organized so that also just makes me happy to know where show of different positions yeah and I, just I come up with my drawing board and i'm like okay <laughs> you are xa <laughs> Yes, and okay. It needs to be, and then yeah, exactly. and you know what? I have great reviews on Yelp, so fuck y'all, okay? <laughs> yeah, I think I saw, um, I don't even, this might have even been one of your pages, but I saw this hashtag. I was, like, was, porn. was like, yeah. someone's, someone's like, um, like lube and wipes and condoms, and they were like, hashtag organized slut, and I was like, I fucking love that. Yeah. And that is emotionally organized 
scudding. Let's have a chat about what we're going to do here. Let's have a game plan. That is a huge and fabulous idea. Like, that's really important to discuss. And the other thing that I would say is, like, the first time that you have sex, it's typically not good. So you could expect that a threesome that you had might not actually flow as it did in your fantasy because you've never done that before. Mm. And it's quite a lot more complicated in terms of dynamics. So, yeah, a lot of that's ways. fabulous advice. Like, who's doing this? Who's coming where? That's That will make it flow so much better. Yeah. <laughs> you come on the curtains. <laughs> Exit stage right. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever going to want to have a threesome with me here. We make it so awkward. <laughs> and costume change. <laughs> Whole production. Yes. yes, this is why you are very single. <laughs> so if you want to have a threesome, please be an organized slut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, 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 but I do think, like, I think there's obviously a line where, like, it gets a little too, like, you know, like, <laughs> controlling, but even when I role play, like, I, we talk first, and like, okay, this is the situation, this is, like, I want you to say these words, like, I want these words said, because this will, like, totally get me off, um, are you, is it, like, when we, like, when me and my partner, when we role play, like, <laughs> we'll role play, like, <laughs> Okay, where I'm like, I, I'm a cat, and he found me, <laughs> and he like bathes me, and then he dries me off, and then we like have cat sex. And I'm laughing at you, and I'll be like, I'm I'm gonna meow during it. Is that gonna make you laugh? Because there's nothing yeah. worse than when you're trying to get into a thing, and someone's like bursts out laughing. And you're like. Yeah, well, I was okay, like a fucking idiot. Yeah, but like at one at one point, I was in the bath, and you, like, <laughs> you know how cats like hit things off. <laughs> he was like so into it that I was like, I need to do it. So then I like I saw the shampoos. I was like, and I hit them all off. <laughs> and he just stopped, and he's like, seriously? I was like. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna revisit that and I'm gonna be a little less like that like but I I like organization. <laughs> Anyways that you was my turned around and showed him your asshole. Right. <laughs> it's on him. <laughs> Already done that. Not our favorite. <laughs> Next question. That's a really good thing to know too. Like you just mentioned that how you communicated what you needed like in the experience without sort of breaking the charm mm-hmm. as such. So you said like, yeah, <laughs> but I think that's really good too. That's what I was talking to my friend about where, how can I be nice and not reject someone and make clear my boundaries? And how can I communicate that I feel a little bit left out, but be sexy. So it's really cool to think about those things ahead of time in those phrases. So in a threesome, like if you could have a chat with your friends, like if you're having one with your friend and some guy, whoever the guy is or some other person who has some other gender um, just communicating that if you're feeling left out you might say I would really love it if you kissed me or you might touch their mm-hmm. face or something that way you know that you've got a way to communicate can you involve me more mm-hmm. and then that makes that makes everyone feel more safe because mm-hmm. if you're constantly screening both of those other people to see if they feel left out and are comfortable it's really difficult for you to be in your body and have a nice time mm-hmm. yeah. if you know say to you in a way that isn't going to stop and pause everything hey, like, I'm having a thing, can we address that? Then you can have a good time. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good thing to do, too, I think. Definitely. Um, next question. 
So these kind of two go hand in hand. So one said, I thought I'd be cool with a poly relationship, but I'm not actually. What do I do now? And the other question was, monogamy, can you go back and forth or have one-sided? Can you repeat the first question, please? So I thought I'd be cool with a poly relationship, but I'm actually not. What do I do now? Hmm. I guess we don't have like a whole lot of experience in different types of poly relationships. Um, We're probably like, point like four out of 100 on that scale um I would there's so much to negotiate so what like what does polyamory mean for you like maybe you decided you don't want your partner to be going off on their own whenever they want and you don't know that they're leaving and going on dates like that's a lot for a lot of people but you might have negotiated that you're really happy for them to go have like a one-off booty call once a month that's mm-hmm. still polyamory or you might they might have a partner that they send sexy photos to that's probably polyamory too like in a group if we just had friends that we sent sexy photos to that's probably some aspect of poly even if it was in a group with both of us and we never did anything with them um we have a friend who is just in a new relationship and has stepped back how they're doing their poly to navigate the new relationship and so they're doing um I think they call it soft play, which is like they just kiss and cuddle and their partner's okay with that. So there's so many different, there's like as many as many ways as people in the world, as many ways as moods exist. Um, so I think you can really like navigate that, that a lot. Um, I would say that it's such a complex thing and there's really not a lot of great examples of how to do non-traditional relationships Um that unless you are looking. So I don't think like most people got raised with that, for example. Mm-hmm. So if that's something that's going on for someone, I would really encourage them to talk to someone who specializes in poly relationships and how to navigate that. Cause that's a really vulnerable thing. Um, and there are tons of therapists out there that specialize in that, that could help. Um, or even coaches and there's mm-hmm. like poly coaches and stuff. So, um, to navigate that, it could be really helpful to have some help. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to address that question of can you start out monogamous, be poly for a while or non, uh, non-monogamous and then go back to being monogamous, we can really only speak from our own relationships perspective there. Um, and we, we, we started monogamous, then we're pretty non-monogamous almost as soon as you kind of move here. And then, uh, we, we, we were monogamous, aside from maybe some, some small flirtation and, and picture sharing for a while. And then we went back to, to non-monogamous again. So I think maybe if you were interested in that in the first place and your relationship is lasting long enough, you might find yourself fluctuating back and forth, especially as your priorities change. Uh, there's actually, that reminds me, there's a lot of people in this community that feel that when they are actually looking to um, have a baby, if they're looking to have a baby as a couple, that they don't want to be non-monogamous because they want to be absolutely sure of the parentage of their child, uh, which makes total sense and is a, is a reality in the situation here. You know, <laughs> we've joked once or twice when there's you know been some, some accident, accidents happening here and happening here and there about um, all of a sudden you know meeting a, a very curly-haired child and I do not have curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah I think that your priorities do change back and forth and and if you find yourself wanting to change from poly back to monogamous you might not 
be surprised if later on down the road you go back to Cohen. Yeah, I think it just to like what resources you have to dedicate to what you're doing um, and what other stuff you have on. So I I doubt that we would have done as much socializing during my degree because I just had a lot on and that would have been tricky. Um, I know that there are a lot of couples that we've seen at parties who they just basically go to the parties because that's the level of time and energy that they're wanting to dedicate to it. That might just also be their peak sexual enjoyment experience. It doesn't happen to be either Greg's or mine. It's more like as a way to meet people. Because I think it's cool. Like, I think it's cool that people do that. I'm here for that. I'm here to support that. Um, But it isn't my peak sexual enjoyment to be at a play party. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely... I definitely would say that if you're engaging with couples in an intimate way, like if you're building a close relationship with them, to some degree, you're having your emotions be your hobby. And that can be really fulfilling and enjoyable. But if maybe you had a couple that you were close to that you like broke up with or weren't hanging out with anymore, it might make sense that you had a closer time for connecting back to to each other or I know people can get really busy and relating to other people because it's really exciting and really cool and then you might say hey we're going to take a while off because we just want to get back in sync with each other I've been there we we were doing stuff like every other night for a few weeks ago and I was just like look I haven't seen your face for a while Uh, can we we slow down the sledding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we just look at the sledding for about three Slow minutes, down the sledding. I love that. Little, <laughs> little less asshole, a little more face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so I definitely think like what you're needing changes based on what else is going on in your life. Um, and you just have to communicate. Well, you don't have to. You could. I would encourage people to communicate about that regularly and communicate about like, I happen to be an extrovert, so I'm really like, yeah, let's talk to all the people and do all the social things. And Greg is an introvert, so he'll communicate to me, like, I just need some introvert time. Mm-hmm. I just need some quiet time. I just need some time near you where I'm not, like, outputting a lot. That's where me and all the other sexy introvert ladies just, like, go squirrel away and have our time. Mm-hmm. When I'm having deep, meaningful discussions. <laughs> oh, perhaps transphobia. <laughs> where does that stem from? <laughs> Yeah, our parents that was that. Yeah. That's the whole story. I was like, let's chat about what you just said. <laughs> um, today's episode. Yeah. And I think it's important, like, I know the question was, I've just found out that I'm not okay with polyamory. I think uh, it's important to acknowledge that that's okay as well. Like, 100%. Yeah. You do not have to be polyamorous. It's it's okay and valid if it makes you uncomfortable or you just, it's not your cup of tea. Um, if you are with a partner who is polyamorous, it can get a little bit tricky. Um, and I can't speak on that, uh, personally, but I think that, I don't know if one person's absolutely polyamory and that's make or break for them, then that's make or break for them. Just like monogamy is make or break for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unfortunate, that. but it's like, you know, I feel like it's the same as, well, do you want kids or do you not want kids? Like it's, everyone's allowed to have their stance on it and they shouldn't have to waver that. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, 100%. yeah. And, uh, one of the last questions, cause we're running out of time here. Um, someone had asked, you know, I'm having trouble finding other polyamorous couples or polyamorous people. Um, where can I find them? And you touched on, I think, quite a bit, actually, that 
the first intro you guys had and the best intro you had was going to um, parties for it and kind of getting into the um, environment and the community that way was a good stepping stone for you. Yeah, there's clubs. The internet is pretty good, although we don't really have a digital presence for our um, relationships. When I very first moved here and was like, hey, let's get into your fantasies, Um, we were on FetLife. I know a lot of people are on FetLife, which is like Facebook for fetish. I'm sure people will be Mm. aware of that. Um, There's definitely like non-mon, non-monogamy meetups. Again, we haven't haven't been to them. Um, There will absolutely be tons of websites. I recommend people to listen to different podcasts as well. Hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs> Get a feel for things. Um, and then, yeah, there'll be events often with people who who are um, having podcasts. Like, they'll mention different things that they're up to. Any other, like, sex-associated thing is more likely to have people who are more open-minded about sex. So, like, we've recently been to a Shibari class and guaranteed lots of people there were having non-monogamous arrangements. Mm-hmm. Um, weirdly, I found a lot of people at Ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> like, a lot of people I've met are like, I also play Ultimate Frisbee, and I'm like, oh, interesting. Ultimate um, Frisbee? Ultimate know, relationships. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, After I don't know what you like, Give feedback, you guys, if you go to Ultimate Frisbee and meet a bunch of kinky cool people. Um, but also, just one thing I'm thinking of is we have recently met someone through, Craig did a photo, photo shoot, um, and this person identified, like, people who are non-monogamous or who are poly are just really wholesome people who love love. Um, and I find that a lot of people who we've met who have non-traditional arrangements are super wholesome and do other super wholesome activities. Yeah, a I'm lot of people who ended up telling us about their kink or their non-traditional whatever have just told us because we were open about something or had open vibes. So just be yourself, just express what you're into and you will be surprised what people will tell you. Mm-hmm. It's the practical element of, I, I'm obviously quite biased because we met people in this way too a club scene, but if you're interested in swinging specifically, um, there are, at least here, and I'm sure that there are um, elsewhere, young swingers nights as well, if you're in the age range where you don't necessarily want to be interacting with the stereotypical, like sometimes when people say swingers, you think of like the 70s with, with your parents maybe, or your, your weird creepy uncle who's, who's the uncle swinger. Uncle <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I'm not into the term swinger for that reason. I'm like, no, I don't identify that way. Yeah. yeah. I don't identify as a female man. Thank you. I'll touch my nephew. <laughs> so, yeah, there are sub-communities within the swinger community that if you can find a group of people that you vibe with really well, if you are within that age range or you're over that age range or you're mm-hmm. into a specific type of thing, um, especially if you're someone with a population, you can find those groups clubs they host events so, yeah. yeah and, and that's, would, that's good too because you meet people in person instead of their online presence which a lot of times people don't necessarily bring their true self to the situation there um so yeah that's why i'd advocate meeting in person too yeah and i would encourage to if they are a um, female identifying person feminine identifying person to try skirt club i know a lot of people that's been their first um foray into sexual activity because it's an all women event and there's like a lot of a lot less pressure and potentially a lot less dynamics that are tricky for people to navigate. Um, so that can be a really cool way 
even just to go and watch or go and hang out can be a really cool way to start exploring. Okay. Yeah. And uh, just like for Vancouver, I know that, is it Metro, Metro Vancouver Kink, MVK, I think, um, has a lot of uh, like kinky meetups, but I'm sure, again, like lots of open-minded polyamorous people as well. Um, the Art of Loving is uh, is on is in Vancouver somewhere, and they do a lot of uh, workshops and stuff, but I know they also have uh, polyamorous discussions. And uh, there's an app called Field, F-L-E-E-D, I believe, and uh, it's kind of like Tinder, except you can link your partner's profile to your mm, profile, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you just kind of just, like search through what you're looking for, and some people are looking for solo or couple play. So those are really the ones that I know of in Vancouver that you could kind of uh, search there. And t- I mean, Tinder's always an option, but I feel like if people are uh, truly uh, living a polyamorous lifestyle, they know, you know, these other kind of more um, full-on, like, like geared towards, towards yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, also kind of like some principles of things that happen in a kink community or like a sex club community, like really strong consent, really mm-hmm. strong understanding around safety and what is safer sex, and those don't necessarily happen with people who aren't part of that community or haven't come in through a community setting. Um, So that could be a really tricky thing to navigate. So also if you're thinking about doing extracurriculars, maybe do it with someone else who's done it before so they can give you a hand. No, definitely, and I think it's it's super normalized um, for, you know, the kink community to be like, um, so I was last tested on this day, and I've had this many partners before, but we all use condoms, so it should be fine, but I'm going to get checked up again next time, so, (laughs) like, it's very on the table, like, no shame around it, which is great, and yeah, I just don't think... um, people in the quote-unquote straight world always are comfortable having that conversation. No, and that's yeah, something... that's an excellent point. Sorry, I, go ahead, Danny. That's okay. Uh, that's something I touched on last episode, mm-hmm. uh, or second to last episode, was um, with regards to a <laughs> lovely gentleman who decided to comment on one of my 50 plus a tip posts about, like, ew, could you imagine dating a sex worker and, like, risking getting AIDS? Okay, sweetheart. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's exactly what I said. I was like, you know, our job is to have like clean genitalia. You know, so like unless we don't want to make money anymore, like we're pretty adamant about condom use and getting regularly checked out. And I think most people in general that are very open with their sexuality and explore their sexuality, um, really take into consideration their sexual health and the sexual health of their partners. And, like, uh, Riley was just saying, like, it's just such a ridiculous stigma that people that are more sexually explorative are dirty when, in sense, like, they're usually much cleaner than squares. So, yeah, I have to say also, like, I I don't really like the term, like, clean and dirty because I feel I like do. it. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I feel like it really, like, yeah, I mean, I, I like dirty, you know? <laughs> but um, I feel like it, you know, cultivates that sort of... Yeah, shame around, shame around. yeah, about no, it. and for it sure. shouldn't be because, like, you know, STIs, STDs are so much more prevalent than people are willing to admit, and I think that, and you can literally get them like about. having sex one time, you can get all the STDs, you know, yeah. like it's like the, you can just get the yeah, gamut of them. And <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> so, like, find the but maybe not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's really true, right? It's a lot of conception that yeah. you'll get, like, if you have. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. Overlap. Uh, I was just going to 
things to go back to what Riley mentioned. We've been in a situation before where, uh, or many times where someone, you're about to kiss someone, they're like, hey, I just have, I wanted to let you know that I had a cold sore last week or I have a cold sore. Use that information as you like. And actually, if you, you know, have four herpes as well, that's probably fine with you, you know, if you recently had a breakout or you might just kiss their neck if you don't have it, if you're, you know. So people are a lot more open in that respect. And I also find that it's been a, a, an unexpected, interesting dynamic to have uh, people within our close um, interaction community. Whenever someone gets tested, as Riley mentioned, they come to the table with like, I'm clean, like super cool, like I got this and that, and I got this and that, and this, or yeah. uh, and, and you <laughs> everybody's good. You little, even though that's not a test for yourself, you go, okay, cool, that's a good boost. You know that there's there's not really anything circling around your specific vicinity at the moment, or at least that person's been um, safe enough to yeah. avoid it. So. They, Definitely test yourself often every three months mm-hmm. at most. Uh, it, it is a good boost. Yeah, and please like be prepared to talk to your health professionals. I have uh, worked in social services, so I have advocated for people about health a lot, and I'm very comfortable advocating for my own health. But I have had some interesting conversations with health professionals, and it's uncomfortable. Um, and sorry about your eye Yeah, okay. Is it, do we have time for that? Is that okay? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so actually, the first the first time that I ever had sex with anybody that wasn't Greg in a decade, um, he sort of came and it like it wasn't in my face, but I was like, oh, I'm in a bit on my face because it was kind of like you know, um, and I was like, oh, I'm sure that it's fine. Like I just was like, you know, let's not stress about it. It's all good. Um, and then I woke up in the morning with a red eye. Mm-hmm. and I was like oh god so Greg takes me to the white cross which is like the so urgent care um, and we're sitting there and they Same. take me back with the nurse and I said hey you know I'd really love it if you could swab my eye for any STIs and she was just mind blown about it she's like but you're married and I'm like yeah and she's like well why would that matter and I'm just like first of all like sacred outrage like first of all don't shame me secondly what do you mean? Like, anyone could be doing anything. Um, but I'm trying to be kind with her. She's an older woman and explain. Um, but then we had to explain it again to the doctor. And the doctor was like, did they or did they not come in your eye? And I'm like, <laughs> unsure. Can you just swap it? There was a lot of backslash. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure my lashes sure is cold at all. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure it's fine and it's just conjunctivitis, but I really don't want like syphilis or gonorrhea of my eyeball into right. my eyesight. So could we perhaps just swab my eye? And he was just really like questioning about it. I was, I'm just like, man, like just swab my eye. It's yeah. no big deal. But give me Greg's the swab. I'll swab my eye. Going, like, oh. <laughs> it was this whole situation. Um, and then coming around, who came around? Where is he? Who did it? <laughs> Yeah, he said he's like, so it wasn't you that came in her eyes. <laughs> 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 I like someone else's eyes. Like, yeah, <laughs> my confidence is mine. I'm just bringing like six people with you. I'm gonna be so disappointed if we don't call this episode "Who Came in Her Eyes." That's it. That's it. Yeah, our first escapade, and I'm at the ER going, "I hope I don't have gonorrhea of the eye." Polyamory, guys, welcome. Good. I do not have any gonorrhea or anything of the eye. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear about your eye health. All right. On that note. 
<laughs> Good. We're going to let you go. But thank you Good. so much for joining us. As always, you can reach me at 50plesatip at gmail.com or my Instagram handle at uh, 50plesatip. Riley has her Instagram handle. Still, it's very sad, but she can plug it. <laughs> my Instagram is vancityriley. I have not updated any photos. I will try. People are going to think you're just some, like, creepy man in his parents' basement, like, with your fake stalker account. It's private, too, so, like, what are my photos, really? No, I, I will get onto it. It's uh, Van City Riley. And then my personal as well is Dan underscore Nad. And thank you so much, Libby and Greg, for joining us. It's been a great episode. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. And happy hoeing. Bye. Bye.